1: I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
2: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up everyone, it's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I'm a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free healthy stuff for you, as well, all at drwillcole.com. That's D R W I L L C O L E.com. All right, my friends, you know, about once a month, we do a, an entire episode of an Ask Me Anything. At the end of every regular episode, I talk to one of my friends during the episode in, in the health and wellness space. At the end, I answer one of your health questions in an Ask Me Anything. Well, about once a month, we devote an entire episode to answering your questions. So send in Holly, right? Where do they send their, their questions?
3: AMAs, in? baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that literally is Ask Me Anything. I mean, we want to hear your questions. So you can send them over to, we have a general email, Info at gmail.com. You can send them there. But seriously, like we want to answer your questions and that means anything. Ask it.
2: Yeah, anything with functional medicine, labs, autoimmunity, inflammation, hormones, mm. gut health, supplements, to even weird questions. Like weird really, questions. Be as weird as you want to be. Dr. Cole,
3: what do you eat for breakfast? Uh, this you a, know I ask every day. So, you know.
2: <laughs> this is a safe space, everybody. Send in your questions. You can reach out to me on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, there too, and we compile them in a Google Doc, and we'll get to as many in these episodes as possible. So today is going to be a great episode. We're going to go over your... Burning Health Questions. We're going to go over some exciting research in the scientific literature as far as health and wellness to geek out and all the, the cool science-y stuff when it comes to health and wellness. And we're also going to... Well, there's so, many, so much fun stuff in store. Just stay tuned. But let's introduce the team. If you're new to the Ask Me Anything episode, you met Holly already. Hi, she, friend. She's the... F- let's. We need to think of a, a, a more succinct term. We
3: do this every time. I know. <laughs> I'd say front <laughs> I know. of the
2: clinic wizard... Wizard. Okay. I mean, explain explain your role. So
3: I manage our front office. So oversee our team that really takes all phone calls, emails, and, and talks to a lot of patients. Anyone that reaches out, we handle scheduling, inquiries. So yeah, we get to talk to everyone.
2: So she talks to people on the phone and email a lot, and they talk about these episodes, right? Oh my
3: gosh. Yes. So we get people that comment on the episodes, the Ask Me Anything episodes, and it's like so fun when someone comments on that. I'm like, yay.
2: <laughs> they feel like they know you yeah. and all our sweet patients. They know us already, but they mm-hmm. really, really yeah, love to yeah, hear I these love episodes. That. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Megan.
0: Yeah. So I'm one of the functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, health coach in office with the team. So I spend my day hosting consultations with initial inquiries and prospective patients and assessing labs and helping with nutritional protocols and supplemental protocols. So fun,
2: busy days. Fun, busy days. And this (laughs) is a, I mean, when we record this, this is a very busy day at the clinic and we take time to record this, but we're, we're, packed with patients and packed with meetings and all the, all the stuff. And then we have Emily.
1: Yes, hi. I'm one of the health practitioners as well. So, again, everything Megan said, you know, we do this as a team and we spend all day just talking with patients and um looking over their cases and really doing everything that we can to just implement tools for healing and we have fun doing it. I mean, we spend a lot of the day laughing, teasing each other and you know, this isn't just a 9 to 5 job. Like we have True. you know, we're dedicated, we're passionate about this and we have a lot of fun.
2: We definitely do. So my friends, this is a behind the scenes look at a Functional Medicine Telehealth Center and let's dig into it. What's the first question from our people?
3: Okay. Are you ready for it? Oh,
2: I'm ready. I'm all ready. Right,
3: awesome. So first one's going to be a great question. With all of the buzz that is currently surrounding Jada Pinkett Smith and what went down at the Oscars. Can you discuss really what an alopecia diagnosis looks like and what the autoimmune connection is there?
2: Well, alopecia is its a, something that we see clinically a lot, right, everybody? I mean, this is something that we have a heart for the people going through this, a passion to help them, and it's, and it's complex without a doubt. And alopecia, just like really most symptoms or set of things that people are going through, it is like the check engine light on a car. We know the check engine lights on, but why? So when people and like what happened at the Oscars was completely unfortunate. Like that aside, that was really just a sad night and a sad thing that happened. But I know people that are going through alopecia, I know how heartbreaking it is. So I'm not taking that lightly. I don't think it was dealt with well at all. I don't think anybody would say it was. But on a health side, I know how heartbreaking it it is. I know how it can impact people's lives because some autoimmune conditions, they're silent, right? You can hide them. You can push through the day. You can look quote unquote normal by society's standards. Alopecia, it's more obvious. Things that are on your head, things that are impacting your hair, things that are impacting your skin, things that are very visible, it is very emotionally charged. So I hear it. I mean, we, we've seen it for the past 12 plus years when we're talking about these things. It's very, very raw as far as the story and the journey that people have to go through that are struggling with alopecia and things like it. Look, there, is many, there are many different types of alopecia. Alopecia areata is, I think that's what they're referring to in the press when they're talking about what Jada has. Alopecia areata is the main type that we see as it's autoimmune in nature. And it can happen in patches. I don't know her type of case. It seems like that's the issue there. But there's different types of alopecia where you can lose all your hair and your eyebrows and eyelashes as well. That can be autoimmune. Different medications can trigger it. Viruses can trigger it. Trauma can trigger it. Just like any other autoimmune condition. Different things can trigger it in, in, in certain people. And then you have the androgenic alopecia, which is not known to be autoimmune. That is that's what the male pattern baldness, women that are losing hair because of mainly DHT, which is another thing that we're measuring in labs too. So that's the second most common type of alopecia that we see clinically. It is, has to do with hormones. And we're looking at testosterone, we're looking at DHT levels, we're looking at progesterone and estrogen and thyroid implication to this issue of hair loss. So the term alopecia is just a general term to describe hair loss but sometimes what people are referring to as alopecia areata, they're just, they're just shortening it to alopecia. But there's different causes of it. And my job in functional medicine is to figure out what's driving the alopecia. So doing a comprehensive health history, looking at labs, seeing is it autoimmune in nature? Is it hormonal in nature? Is there, are there two different things going on? Because sometimes it can be a, a confluence of factors and then addressing those issues. So with autoimmunity, it's going to be a completely different Protocol and approach versus somebody that has really high DHT levels, the dihydrotestosterone levels. So that's what we see. And yeah, any thoughts, team?
0: I mean, no, you kind of said it all <laughs> yeah. beautifully. So that was that was about it. You got to find the driving mm-hmm. factor. We know the genetic components are there with a lot of these people. Yeah. But we have to find the driving root causes of the potential inflammation or or why it is occurring or reoccurring in some people because it can come in phases as well and cycles. Yeah. yeah, And I think too, just how you even touched on the stress and the emotional state of it to
1: just to be aware of that. And um, that's something that we really, especially with our patients who have alopecia, really spend a lot of time working with them on it, reducing stress and really just keeping that in mind and trying to be as present as possible to help with healing. So
2: Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that shed some light on it. We actually have some great resources at drwillcool.com. So just go to the search, the search option there on the site and type in alopecia for research and like an extended guide in article form if you're struggling with alopecia. So definitely check that out. There's many causes of it. And we have to figure out what's driving it for the individual, not make blanket statements on it. Do you all want an insider secret for stress management? You can beat stress before it beats you by making your gut health a priority. See, your gut actually produces 95% of your happy hormones, like serotonin. So the fastest way to feel calm, cool, and collected is to give your gut some TLC. My go-to for clinically proven gut support is Just Thrive Probiotic, and here's why. Just Thrive products have more clinical research than just about anyone else in the industry. For me, that means no guesswork, just truly effective, award-winning, happy hormone power. And for next level stress busting, you need to check out Just Thrive's breakthrough new product, Just Calm. In a recent four-week trial, Just Calm's proprietary ingredients reduced perceived stress, improved memory, diminished fatigue, and even encouraged focus and flow. This is true stress management built for our modern stress-filled world. You can learn more about this groundbreaking company on two past episodes, they've been on, on the podcast twice, you are gonna learn so much about gut health, you have to check them out. And right now, you can get 15% off both Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code willcole at checkout. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com, use promo code willcole all one word, at checkout to get 15% off the Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. Patients often ask me what natural skincare lines I love. Well, one that I've loved for years is Osea. Osea has been making clean and effective skincare products for over 25 years. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers. And they're known for creating amazing body products like their famous body oil. Unlike some other hyaluronic serums, Osea's is clinically proven to instantly increase hydration and is anti-accelerated aging. It minimizes the appearance of all types of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, laugh lines, and frown lines. This is a must-have in your routine. Since 1996, Osea has been creating clean, vegan, and cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Their best-seller discovery set includes four of Osea's best-selling products, so check out this discovery set. Find your new skincare favorites at oseamalibu.com and get a special discount just for the Art of Being Well listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code WILLCOLE at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order, and orders over $50 get free shipping you're going to want it all. So again, go to OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, OseaMalibu.com, and use promo code WILLCOL to get that special discount.
0: Let's talk a little bit about mold and mental health. So, past studies that we've looked at within the office and also clinically, we know that there is a strong link with mold and with depression, mold and anxiety, mold and different mood behaviors and mental health issues. So, could you talk more? Because a lot of our listeners want to know about the connection between mold and mood and the pathways, mm-hmm. and you know how to how to address that if it's exasperating somebody's issues.
2: Well, I mean, mold and mold toxins, mycotoxins, they are neurotoxins. Many of them, right? So there's different. There are different mycotoxins that that increase neurotoxicity. One's called T2 toxin. It was, it's known for inducing neuronal cell death, so brain cell death. In certain studies, there are we know ochratoxin, something that we see a lot clinically. It also induces acute depletion of dopamine which as we know is really important with mood and focus and brain function, it can impact the hippocampus as well. Other uh, neurotoxins can decrease ceramides, which are really important lipids in the brain. You hear about ceramides when it comes to our skin. Well, I mean, that's why healthy fats are so important and supporting healthy fat synthesis in the body is so important. But these mycotoxins can decrease these beneficial protective layers of our nervous system, of our brain and nervous system. So without a doubt, we know that mold toxins can impact our brain in very many negative ways. So it can impact your mood. So when you're dealing with anxiety and depression and brain fog, fatigue, people that are struggling with different neurological symptoms, we know it can drive problems in the body. There's one study that was out of Brown University I just want to reference it here. It says they found a connection between damp, moldy homes, and depression specifically. This study was led by Brown University uh, epidemiologist and Edmund Shanasa. It's the largest investigation of an association between mold and mood and is the first such investigation conducted outside of the United Kingdom. So they're really looking at this in the scientific literature as well, that we see the impact that it has on people that are struggling with depression, people that are struggling with brain fog, anxiety. And, it can man- and I'm not saying everybody obviously that has depression and anxiety and brain fog fatigue has mold toxicity, but just back to my earlier statement about alopecia, these are check engine lights. So for one person, it's driven by this. For the next person, it's driven by that. So it's really important for us not to make really strong statements and say, well, this is the magic pill for depression. And This or this is the magic thing, whether it's a supplement or a medication. We have to know the pathway. We have to know the mechanism of what's causing it. So when you're, we see a lot of these people that are really struggling with depression and anxiety and panic attacks, and they're doing all the things their doctor's telling them to do, and they're not getting better. Or maybe it takes the edge off when they're doing what the doctor's telling them to do as far as the medications, but it's really not fully addressing it. And they know intuitively, dang, something's not right here. I'm not fully addressing my problem. And then we uncover not just mold toxicity in some people, but a whole array of different drivers of inflammation. And that's really what it comes down to. It's the cytokine model of cognitive function. It's how inflammation is impacting how your brain works. Mycotoxins or mold toxins, just one possibility of something that can drive inflammation, but trauma, stress, gut problems, nutrient deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, bacterial issues, all can contribute to that inflammatory storm. We just have to say, find out what's causing that check engine light to be on in your case.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, research... Like this, just really gives a sense of importance of looking at your housing conditions and looking at you know, as that as an indicator of health too, and not that that's the whole picture, but oftentimes when we're consulting with patients, we do ask them, "Hey, what is your home like? Have you ever had any water damage? Have you ever lived in even as a child? We we try to go back and ask questions like these that are important that can give us clues or insight on how we need to dig a little bit deeper, how we can test and and utilize this information." Information and it is important and it doesn't mean I don't think that it means by any means that you know to be scared of where you're living or to, that you need to move but it's a reason why we say especially if we see biotoxin or something like mold just say hey why don't we get your house checked for mold to see if this is a current problem yeah because it's it's you know it's not something that I think is the entire picture but it's something that we should be talking about something that we should be paying
0: attention to yeah right. and we know that with mold, a lot of times that's the first thing we have to clear up before we can address other things. And that's not in everyone's case, but a lot of times it's that primary issue that is not allowing the immune system to function as effectively as possible. And it does bring up the past, like you said, Emily, because I had a patient and we found black mold, very specifically on a pathogen test and a mycotoxin test. She'd been in her house for 15 years. The home was completely clean, double-checked. She traced it back to a grad school dorm That was condemned from black mold 15 years ago,
3: and it was still living in her system. Yeah. Yes. I was honestly just going to comment on that, like learning more about mold exposure, which I really did not know anything about until I was 29 years old. But thinking about all of the houses that I lived in in college, like I had no idea how Mm -hmm. that could be impacting so many yeah. facets of my body College, yeah. the best and moldiest time of our
0: lives yep. right guys yeah.
2: <laughs> and Holly all you have to do is hang out with the patient team a little bit more you'll learn all types <laughs> yeah. of stuff I
1: mean it's <laughs> <too> mind-blowing <laughs> and again I don't think that this means that it, I don't want this to ever induce fear of where you're living or what that looks like because mold is common it's indoors it's outdoors it's not something that is rare to be exposed to but it can at least give us and remind us the importance of taking care of our health because mental health Dr. Cole you often say mental health is physical health mm-hmm. and we can obviously see that through research like this and i think that it just brings to light of of taking a look uh, a deeper look at your housing conditions at, at these different things to just gain more insight and and yeah. have you know better tools to take care of it yeah, yeah. Definitely,
2: absolutely, and some people. I think we said this, but maybe just to make it clear, some people are more sensitive to mold than others. I mean, some people mm-hmm. have different methylation gene variants, HLA gene variants, and that's bioindividuality, a major yep. part of functional medicine. Where I see, we see how many married couples or partners that are the one spouse is fine, but the next their their partner is stri- yep. triggered exactly. tons of problems. Yep. So we all have the different a different threshold in which we can methylate and detox and clear this stuff out. So it's not just about the mold. It's your own interaction, your own interplay, genetic, epigenetic, sort of interplay between that. So that's what we can really quantify in labs and understand that that understand that interplay thoroughly. Yeah. yeah. All right,
1: yeah, we great can go question. to the
2: next question.
1: All right, so this one I feel like everybody loves to talk about. And Dr. Cole, there are a lot of new health food snacks out there. What are some ingredients that we should be looking out for? And what are some healthy snacks that we all like?
2: Okay. So yeah, that's that's a good, you're right. That's a common question that we get and something that we talk about quite a bit in the (laughs) clinic as well. And with patients, we talk a lot. So you really can't talk about healthier for you, better for you snacks without talking about industrial seed oils because they're in so many snack foods and they could be organic, but doesn't necessarily mean they're healthy or healthy. They may be healthier. They're not necessarily what I would call a health food. So things like canola oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil, sunflower oil, these basically seed oils uh, largely are very disruptive to the human body. They really throw off the omega-369 fatty acid Ratio in the body, which is pro, it can drive inflammation levels, so it's it's not healthy. Basically, you can get better versions of it, and I'm not saying people can't have any of it, but the lower amount of it, the better. Basically, so that would be number one, and then number two, it would be added sweeteners, it'd be sugars that have pretty sounding euphemisms, natural, healthier sounding names for them, but they're still sugar nonetheless. Like what comes to mind is the agave. Right. I mean, you think of it as sort of like squeezing this agave plant and like drizzling it on the snack. But the reality is it's high fructose. It's dist- it's pro-inflammatory. It's really a driver of metabolic syndrome. People that have insulin resistance. If you haven't checked out the episode that I have with Dr. David Perlmutter, my friend and colleague, we talk about the fructose metabolism, the science of fructose metabolism at length, as far as implication to inflammation and metabolic problems in in our world, high fructose foods, even if it's in a refined agave syrup, it's still not healthy. I could be better. You can make an argument that it's better than high fructose corn syrup, I guess, but there's definitely better options and, but it's cheap, which why a lot of these things are in foods is because they're, they could be mass produced they're cheap, but they're not necessarily the the healthiest things I could think of. So that would be the top of my list. It would be industrial seed oils and then looking at the sugar content. Yeah. What do you guys think?
0: Uh, I would just say one that I look at, and this is probably an obvious one to a lot of our listeners, but something that I just like to say, because we do see a lot of children in our clinic with autism, ADHD, different behavioral disorders, food dyes. I mean, hmm. this is a big yeah. deal. We think it's in such a small amount, but there's massive studies that have shown the correlation between attention deficit disorder, hyperactive disorders, and all these other countries are banning them, which I always feel like is kind of like our first like little tip. Like why is the UK banning red dye number seven and why haven't we yet? And they're in sports drinks, which, you know, you give the kid after a practice and they're like, well, they'll just burn it all off. But that's not how it works on a molecular level of the food dye. So I would say food dyes is one that I look out for myself and for any of our patients.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I'm always looking at natural flavors. I think we can get so caught up. It's not artificial flavor, it's natural flavor, but natural flavors can still be altered. I mean, MSGs are hidden in natural flavor. I think there's research that shows that there can be up to almost like a hundred different ingredients that can be included in that just one word nat- or two words, natural flavors. Yeah. So I think that that is something that I try to look out for too. And, and whenever we're talking with ingredients and looking at these things with patients, I know it can seem kind of overwhelming when you're starting this process. And one easy tip that I always love to give is... Make sure that you know exactly what the words mean, right? If it, if yeah, you're reading something yeah. and you and you don't know what that word is, that's probably a sign that it's a processed food, right? right. It's probably a sign yeah. that there's some form of ingredient that was altered or created in a lab, which is yeah. not what we want. So yeah. definitely, I,
2: I've heard it said: if you're if you can't recognize the words, your body probably can't recognize it either.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. that's Ooh. really good. <laughs>
2: yeah, but <laughs> and let me let me vet let me give a little context to this: is that we know brands that use natural flavoring on their label but we know the sourcing of it. So I would just I would empower the consumer to say vet the company that you're buying from. Because sometimes the, the natural flavoring flavorings are fine. They're completely fine. The problem is there's just a lack of transparency right. when it comes to labeling that some maybe not so good natural flavoring sources can be labeled just the same as something that is an essential oil or yeah. something that's completely naturally derived. Yeah. So it's tough out there. It's the Wild West. It is. But <laughs> that's what we're here for, hopefully. For you. Got, yes. <laughs> yeah. Do
1: you have a favorite snack, Dr. Cole?
2: I do I a snack favorite snack? I love dolce. we talked about dolce in the show before we love
1: it I know we one do. that is an office hit or the sweet potato awesome like freeze dried yeah. sweet potato yeah. those are the delicious the garlic dill uh. Oh one of the I, fa- I, and one I of honestly vapes. I love yeah. sea
2: snacks the seaweed yes. snacks they have the, yeah. the, the they have the spicy flavors they have the onions one they're just seaweed snacks like little chips they're really tasty too yeah. Holly's not a fan I
3: don't like them I, <laughs> I just but they're know.
2: friends of, they're friends of mine so let's not talk about yeah we
0: totally my favorite yes. snacks we need that sure. iodine
3: for our thyroid functioning yes. so yeah, but I mean, look, sea vegetables there's something for everybody like we'll find yes. another
2: snack that what do you like Holly what's what's your I mean
3: mine probably aren't the healthiest so we can just skip me on this one you wanted to hear this question too you wanted to we're helping you out I mean I love simple meals okay Okay. can I just tell you that the rosemary sea salt crackers (laughs) they're my favorite that's what's coming to mind right now I would I would eat too many of them Siete is a great brand as well that we love yeah
2: Now, I had dinner once with the founder and CEO of Simple Mills. Her story is pretty crazy. She had an autoimmune condition, if I, if I remember correctly. And she really wanted to... I think that's a great example of someone support, not dogging on brands that are trying to do better for you options. Right. Yes. I think if someone is avoiding grains, I'd much rather, rather them have that. Yeah, than right. a it's a great option. Yes, grain a oh my gosh, cracker. those
3: crackers are all amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so,
2: Cool. Have you heard of Karyuma? Karyuma is a really cool brand of shoes that I've been loving. The pair that I have is the Akka low canvas sneaker. This is the perfect transitional sneaker for dressing up or dressing down as spring rolls around. These are all season sneakers that keep you looking fresh with a broken in fit in perfect neutral and spring colors. These shoes, man, are so freaking comfortable and they look awesome as well. But what I really love about Karyuma is what they stand for. They embrace personal style over status quo trends. They empower conscious consumers to buy quality over quantity, which is the only real true answer to sustainability. So I know, first and foremost, for me, selfishly, the shoes look really awesome and they're very comfortable. But to know when I'm wearing these shoes. I'm supporting a brand that's doing some amazing things in the world. I wear the Aka, that's spelled O-C-A, Aka, low canvas sneakers in all white, I may add, when I'm consulting patients 10, 11 hours a day at my functional medicine telehealth center. They're getting super comfortable. You're all going to love them. I know it. So for a limited time, The Art of Being Well listeners can get an exclusive 15% off your pair of Karayuma sneakers. All you have to do is go to Karayuma.com, that's C-A-R-I-U-M-A, Karayuma.com slash being well to get 15% off. Again, that's Karayuma.com, C-A-R-I-U-M-A, Karayuma.com slash being well for 15% off only for a limited time, so check it out. Public Goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place, with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. Man, we use their cleaning products in the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. I use them at my house as well. We use the dish soap. We use the hand soap at our house as well. I mean, it's just clean ingredients, but also really clean aesthetics as well. So it looks chic in your home. It doesn't look super tacky with tons of different colors. I love it. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is the most important. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives that are still sadly so common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for you, your animals, your pets, and the environment. We've worked out an awesome deal. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Will Use promo code willcole at checkout. Again, thats dot com. P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S.com, publicgoods.com forward slash Will Cole to receive $15 off your first order.
0: So we're moving into studies to talk about. This is kind of a new feature. I don't know if you want to kick us off with our goal here. Yeah, we need
2: a name for this segment. I
0: know. We're taking names. Maybe like
2: wants to a, study corner,
0: a study corner. study <laughs> corner. Nerd alert. <laughs> deep nerd dive. Deep
2: dive. Oh, we're, we're nerd alert. The, oh boy. Reading, reading Rainbow.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that one. Wow, line. that's nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Functional Medicine Book Club. <laughs>
2: yeah, right, yeah, right, everybody. So we're going to go over some exciting science that we we get to apply this science in people's lives as far as clinical nutrition and understanding the scientific literature and improving people's lives, right? So we want to highlight some studies that we're seeing come out of the research lately and give our hot take on it, if you will. So what's the first study?
0: So we've got a study, I'll kick it off, and then you can dive deeper. Uh, Deeper into what's going on here. But this one is titled Close the Blinds During Sleep to Protect Your Health. It's from Northwestern University and it was very recent, March 14th, 2022. And it's talking about how even moderate light exposure during sleep harms heart health and increases insulin resistance. I don't know if you want to take yeah. us away on your take on this.
2: Yeah. So this is a, a really interesting study. They found just a single night of exposure to moderate room lighting during sleep can impair glucose metabolism, basically throw off your blood sugar, impacting your cardiovascular health, your metabolic health, your metabolism, which we know these things are risk factors for heart disease, they're risk factors for diabetes, weight loss resistance, metabolic syndrome. So let me go over some of the findings here. They First of all, when they found that they they sh- it showed that your heart rate increases when you sleep in a moderately lit room. So that's not the best thing. Even though you are asleep, your autonomic nervous system is activated. That's not good. Usually your heart rate together with other cardiovascular parameters are lower at night and higher during the day. So it's basically keeping that sympathetic fight or flight stressed state on just a little bit, which doesn't give your body time to recoup. And how many patients do we know that they're stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight state? And it's just too much all the time and the parasympathetic, the resting, digesting state never gets to fully function and to operate, which is really important for human health. So that's the first thing that they noticed that it impacts the autonomic nervous system negatively. And the second thing they noticed in this study was it impacted, as I mentioned earlier, blood sugar regulation. So that is really the hallmark problem for a lot of people struggling with weight loss resistance, trouble losing weight, pre-diabetes, metabolic syndrome, that whole insulin-resistant spectrum that we see clinically. So those are the two things that they uh, found, two of the main things that we found in the study. And actually, one of the researchers in the study gave a few tips, which I think were really good. They said, don't turn lights on. If you need to have a light on, which older adults may for safety, make it a dim light that is closer to the floor. Number two, they talked about in the study that color is really important, that amber or red-orange light is less stimulating for the brain. So don't use white or blue light and keep it far away from the sleeping person. And number three, blackout shades or eye masks are really good if you can't control the outdoor light in your room. So move your bed so the outdoor light isn't shining directly on your face. So great takeaways from the study out of, we mentioned, yeah, Northwestern University. It's published, I think, in... P and oh no anyways it doesn't really matter but it's out of Northwestern University really oh yeah PNAS proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences just recently like you mentioned any other thoughts
0: yeah i mean i'm big on sleep you know i just joined the aura ring club and something that my husband got me for christmas was eye masks and he accidentally bought like a pack of like 6 of them and he was like joking and he's like this is like the stupidest gift i've ever gotten you for christmas well, he used one one night and he was like, I, it's like magic. I can't believe it because we have a street light right next to our bedroom window. So now we refer to them as magic masks and they're on Amazon. <laughs> it was like 10 bucks for 20. Was it the most organic quality of like material you could put across your eyes? No, probably not. But again, talk about a cheap way to get better sleep if wow. you got to keep a
3: light on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be completely transparent. Are you guys all telling me that you you sleep in pitch dark. I need to know because I I definitely have a lamp on when I go to sleep and I forget to turn yeah. it off. And now I'm I'm shook. This will be wow learning off. experience. Well, I think
1: that there are some people who who might be listening to this thinking like, oh man, like I need to have a light. Or, you know, if you're like my five-year-old son who's scared of the dark, I mean, he has to have a light. It's something that gives him comfort. And so I think it's just, Holly, it's about finding better options too. Mm-hmm, like I love true lights and night lights that they have. They even have like light bulbs for your lamps. If you want to look yep. into something like that, that would be a better option. Because my son, definitely he, he wants the light. He needs mm-hmm. something. And Me there too. may be some people for safety reasons where they want that as well. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think... You know, this isn't to shame you for having a light on, but it's looking into better options for if you do need that. Definitely and eye-opening,
0: yeah. and, and the moderate light is much worse than the dim light. That's why Emily's yeah. bringing up the mm-hmm. the true light, uh, yeah. little portable night light. That's yeah. a much better op- option mm-hmm. for you.
2: Yeah. Definitely. And you and Warren can go to a support group.
3: <laughs> yes. In the
0: dark. Yes. Holly and the five-year-old. <laughs> we'll dive deep into the next episode about why oh. Holly is scared of the dark. Yeah, for <laughs> we'll real, yeah, that'll it. be a whole episode.
2: <laughs> Watching Stranger that. Things, maybe? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <like that. laughs> All right. The next study was out of the, the Scientific Journal of Brain Science. Let me make sure I got that right. Brain science, yeah. And it was out of Michigan State University. If you are, this is about meditation and making mistakes and the impact that meditation can have on your brain. Uh, If you're forgetful or you make mistakes and you're in a hurry, I mean, who, we've all been there, right? A new study from Michigan, from Michigan State University, the largest of its kind to date, found that meditation could help you to become less error prone. So this is a, not a massive study. There was 200 participants and they were moderate monitoring the impact that meditation could have on our brain. And they found that just a 20 minute meditation, wasn't even that long, a 20 minute meditation found improved uh, function on EEG uh, levels. So it's a really good, I think, I think more studies need to be done as far as meditation is concerned, but we see the research just anecdotally in a clinical level, what meditation can do to someone's awareness. And I think that's the takeaway that I took from the study. It's someone's w- present moment awareness improves, and that's reflected on the on brain activity scans.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so relatable. As someone who, honestly, I don't necessarily look forward or or don't love to practice meditation because I feel like for me it's just sitting in you know the silence sometimes just seems overwhelming but it is so relatable I live such a busy life and I do feel always on the go and I think we can understand that if we're in a rush all the time or procrastinating of course we're more prone to making mistakes so this makes so much sense to me you know I'm reading this thinking like all right Emily you need to to take some time to do some of this meditation to sit there and not be afraid of the silence not be afraid of just being present in the moment because if it does allow you to slow slow down to to relax your mind and your body so that way you can be present in the things that you're trying to do. Right. It's so worth it. And it, I think just reading it, even though, like you said, Dr. Cole, there does need to be more research. I think it's instantly relatable. Mm-hmm. I think it is something that we can instantly understand is, is necessary.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I've told you this for years, Emily, you know, this, the people that say meditation, uh-huh. that's why you need to do it. That's yes. like people saying the gym's not for them.
0: Yes. Right? Usually those people that I want to see yes. at my CrossFit class tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> no.
1: And I know it, I know yeah. it. It's, but that's why I read this and I was like, all right, Hey, like you need to do this because I could relate so much to what yeah. it was saying. Cause
2: yeah. we're so, I mean, our culture is so used to that constant go, 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 incessant stream right. of thought yeah. that quieting those thoughts, it's, it can be very uncomfortable yes. for people. We know it can trigger panic attacks in people because they're just so used to that noise in their mind and always on the go to distract themselves. It's really, our culture is addicted to distraction. Yes, yes 100%. It yes, it is. So, and bringing it up, I guess, between both studies, it's the parasympathetic, right? Yep. Like yeah. optimal sleep parasympathetic, meditation, parasympathetic. Like how can we start to recalibrate our body to activate this part of our nervous system that's not getting the attention that it deserves to Mm -hmm. to have proper rest and brain health and digestion and lowered inflammation levels and all that. So it
0: was really cool in my mind when I looked at that study because they looked at the specific neural signal that occurs right after an error is made for you to recognize an error was made and it was so much stronger and quicker. So the fact that we can then realize our mistakes quicker just after 20 minutes of a single meditative state, like I thought that was that was pretty impressive yeah.
2: too. Yeah, they said the, this, the researcher said the EEG can measure brain activity at the millisecond yes. level. So we That's got really precise fast. measures of neuroactivity <laughs> right after mistakes mistakes compared to correct responses. So I think it's a cool, a cool hopefully it's a, a great sign of things to come, coming yeah. out of the scientific literature of what meditation actually does. But look, I, I have enough evidence in my own life to know that it's an a positive thing in my life. And I think just as the science nerd in me wants to see the, the pathways, but I already know anecdotally it's it's really a positive thing for my life and my patients.
3: I agree. I mean, and we were even talking about this earlier, but like meditation is like, I mean, it might look different for you than it does for me. You know, like I've been really working on different breathing techniques whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed that my therapist has been, you know, talking me through. and. That has helped me tremendously just during it or during the day whenever I'm really just wanting to be present. That was like something I was talking about in therapy recently, is I struggle to be present. And we're talking about meditation. And so this study, I'm like, I relate because it truly does make an impact and a huge difference.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that was the uh, study corner, my friend. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. We need (laughs) a name. So reach out to me on social media. If you have a a name for like the study corner. I don't know why I'm still calling it study corner.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) need a name for everything.
2: I know I do. I do. I do. All right.
1: It's rapid fire question time.
2: Oh, it's rapid fire. I was... Nervous for this, but
1: <laughs> yes, we don't let you see the questions. Yeah. I Advanced. almost sent them all to him <laughs> right before this, and Emily. Yeah, this is
2: re- this is really a hot take. <laughs> yes, I read the studies it. beforehand, but this is yeah, awesome. Kick, kick it off, Emily.
1: All right, first question: What is your go-to pastime?
2: Mm. Wow, uh, my go-to pastime would probably be hanging out with my family. Does that count? Because I'm uh, at the yeah. clinic so much that I really like to come home and just chill with my family. And you know, I'm a hardcore introvert, Enneagram five. <laughs> so that's like my recharging time. I love people, but I need my recharging time. Right. So I like to chill at home and not do much. And I love working out too. So I like doing Peloton workouts. And so those, I guess those would be my top things that come to mind.
0: That's really funny. Cause my rapid fire question was, we know we love them all, but which is your favorite Peloton instructor? Oh, I didn't instructor.
2: know. That. Oh my gosh, Megan. Same way. They're all amazing. But. Yeah. Oh, right. That's tough. So I will say for weight training, Rebecca Kennedy, mm-hmm. who I don't want to give too much away, but she may or may not be coming on the podcast. And then number two, from a bike cycling standpoint, Jess King. Those would be my Great favorite. Choices. How about
0: you? Oh, I love Tune Day.
2: Toonday's amazing too. I want to shout she's out to Toonday. She's a Tunde, boss
0: yeah. and I have so much respect for her. But then, you no, know, my no. go-to to make me happy is Cody freaking Rigsby. I yeah. love him. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I everyone knows who my favorite is. I love you all, but Cody Rigsby. And is a lot a of the mood.
2: Peloton instructors follow us on social media. So I want to give shout outs to all of them because they're really sweet. Leanne Hainsby really yeah, nice.
0: Oh, she's adorable.
2: Yeah. So they're all really cool. I can't really pick favorites. It's like picking my favorite best friend because I feel like I'm friends with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, and Emily has the app. I don't know if you, do you use it as much? She yeah, or or on things. You know what?
1: Listen, <laughs> there's meditation. Listen, every time we are on a work trip, I'm always down to do the workouts yes, with you guys. I make her I'm, do
2: the workouts when we're on yes, trips for work. I'm
1: always willing to. I'm a work in progress, people. Meditation workout. I'm mm-hmm, a work in progress.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. We've learned nothing about this episode. It's that Emily, Emily, needs, yeah, Emily needs Peloton app.
3: <laughs> Give me your best tips. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Next question. You already know that I'm going to ask you about food okay so if you're having dessert I want to know what are you having
2: peanut something peanut butter yeah mm-hmm.
3: yeah <laughs> 100%. so
2: like I would say if I'm going really in the higher the sugar level of things okay bring it on I'm bringing it on and I, I, <laughs> I have it a handful times a year like it's really on one hand I can think of it but it I was in Mexico recently with my family and I had this at the hotel. It's just it's simple vanilla ice cream and I would get healthier versions of it, like an organic vanilla ice cream that's still going to have sugar with peanut butter. And Ooh. then mixing that bad boy up.
3: Mm-hmm. I could see you doing that. Oh yep. my gosh. <laughs> that literally sounds amazing. Eat, yeah,
2: I could, it's a, it is amazing. It is like a peanut butter milkshake in a bowl, but like I'm, I, I can control the peanut butter ratio. Yeah. All my peanut butter lovers out there will know. Like you need a. Per- Perfect ratio, and that's what irritates me about a lot of the peanut butter chocolate <laughs> things out there because it's too much chocolate, not yes. enough peanut butter. <laughs> we like, don't need no chocolate. We need more don't peanut butter. Don't adulterate my peanut butter with your uh, damn oh, chocolate. Yes. That's
0: when you have to just take the Hugh Kitchen Bar and just dunk it into oh, your peanut I, butter. <laughs> I will over
2: peanut butterize <laughs> oh, anything because it's. I, I will do it. And that's what. That's exactly what I'll do. Is if it's too much chocolate or peanut butter, I'll add peanut butter just because if I'm going to have something I have to like that. I have to really like it. I'm not going to just have sugar because it's eh, okay. Mm -hmm, I want to really like it and I'm going to enjoy it. And there's no shame whatsoever. That's food peace. That's what we talk yeah. to our patients about. So with about. that being Preach. said,
1: if you have a peanut allergy, you cannot work here. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have to work in a cubicle yeah. outside. That <laughs> we, a <remote laughs> we will have position. to sequester you. We
0: will love you, but sequester
2: yeah, you.
3: Right. <laughs> always. I'm regretting asking the question because now I, I want what's, like a peanut butter mouth. Oh shade. my
2: gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that it. would be, that would be my I answer there.
3: All right. So, you know,
1: talking so much about mindfulness, what's your go-to mindfulness routine?
2: Okay. so. I think mindfulness practices are important because you need a concerted time at the gym, so to speak. That's you need to flex that mindfulness muscle. But I want I really, for myself at least, and what I teach my patients is to get to the point where you make your life a meditation. You don't always have to have like these big things. When you flexed your muscle enough in that present moment awareness, I really do I anchor myself in, in real time. So that's really what. I would say is it's really not a thing for me anymore. In between consulting patients, I'll have a breathing exercise where it will be just sort of a resetting and a focus. But I, I really feel like we should get to the point where it's not like this thing that you do. It's just, you've gotten to the point where you can really, um, it's part of your life. Right. It's second nature. And that's, I think that's great. Yeah. So that's that's the point yeah. of it, right?
1: And we do practice it as a team together most mornings.
2: Yeah, most I mean, mornings. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We do. We start off with prayer and meditation, and it's just sort of a, a grounding exercise yeah. right. of, for the we day. We go for
1: walks Major at lunch, walks. out and yeah, outside. Try to get outside as much as we can. So, but these are just like natural things. It's not necessarily planned. They're natural yeah. things that just we like to do and we want to yeah. do. Yeah, right.
2: exactly. With that said, my favorite, like, I do use use the Peloton app. Mm-hmm for a lot of their meditations. Cause they're easy if you want sort of a 10 minute thing. And I honestly use them a lot more with my kids or with groups, like with my team here, because it's something that corporately we can do together. If you're new to meditation, yeah. how about you guys? Do you have any favorite meditation?
0: I love our lunchtime walks and I go, yeah. and then I'll go home and I'll walk some more. And I just will walk and walk and walk and breathe. And that's, that's my thing is nature. Nature, yeah. that's, that's my yeah. mindfulness.
2: Yeah. Shinrin Yoku, the research of forest bathing. It yeah. is using nature as a meditation, which yeah. it's powerful. People have to be aware of their surroundings and not like on their phone or even listening to music. I feel like it's, it's pulling you somewhere else versus just taking nature in with all your senses.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love the five minute journal. I think it's a great prompted journal, so asking you just a couple questions in the morning or evening. I don't always get to both of them in the day, but
3: I think that it's a really great way to start off the day. You guys are going to make fun of me, but I feel like, is this a meditation? Everyone in the office makes fun of me because I love baths and I love getting a bath. Epsom yeah. salts, like just chilling in silence, submerging. Yeah. Like that is meditation to me. No, I for call real. them
2: sacred baths. I think that's a thing. Love it. Humans would have done immersive things like that all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so
0: what makes a bath sacred versus not? I'm asking because I'm, I'm a Awareness. shower person.
2: It's awareness. <laughs> you can make a s- yeah. shower sacred too. But okay. I think there's something about hot bath.
3: Oh, it's incredible.
2: And just same with cold therapy. I think you can make that a meditation. Yeah. And just like you're immersing with all your senses something yeah. that is.
3: I love me some um, cold therapy. Um, yes. Yeah.
2: So, wow. Well, great, great rap- rapid fire. Yeah. yeah. My friends. All right. Is that everything?
0: Yeah, yep.
1: that's all right, everybody. Today. <laughs> Stay
2: tuned for next month. Bring in your questions. Send them in to, don't bring them in literally to the clinic, but
0: <laughs> that what would a be a tour of Pittsburgh. <laughs> not
2: needed. Um, but just send them to me on social media. Go to drwilcole.com. There's yeah, mm-hmm. resources yep. there to reach out to us. Anyways, if you want to learn more about the clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwilcole.com. We'll see you next time.